0: Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, Today we have another uh, listener question um, regarding one of my hobbies that I talk about and it would seem do not necessarily well define. So let's hear from the listener and then I'll come right back to you. Hey Toddcast Podcast, I have a question for you. This is your sister. You many times talk about painting miniatures. What exactly are miniatures? Alright, so, what are minis? Um, and again, uh, I apologize to any listeners who have been confused, as I believe I've referred to minis, miniatures, etc. Um, several times in several podcasts, um, and I guess that falls into the category of I know what I'm talking about and I'm so arrogant I just assume everyone else does. But, uh, you know, um, that's not fair or right. And I apologize for the confusion. So let me, let me just clear that all up. So, um, when I'm referring to minis, um, that's, that's short for miniatures. Um, and specifically, uh, I'm referring to uh, small figurines. Um, typically used in gaming, uh, role-playing games, war games, um, miniatures games, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and so what they are, are, you know, little scale models, uh, typically of humans, uh, humanoids or other creatures, um, that represent, you know, your, your, your character, uh, you know, if you're, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons or another role playing game, that's, that's, that's the role that they, that they play, um, they, they represent your character, um, as well as there. are you know, probably a wide variety of miniatures in play, uh, representing your foes, your, your opponents, um, they are, jeez. Ah, I mean, for me to say, oh, well, they're, they're, you know, typically 25 to 30 millimeter scale, um, is probably not super helpful if you're not familiar with, uh, miniatures to begin with. If you are a miniatures guy, uh, you know exactly what I mean, but you probably don't need to listen to most of this podcast because I'm explaining to you what you already know. Um, but what that means is, and maybe this will help, help, help you understand is if a miniature is described as being 25 millimeter scale. Uh, what that means is that, I believe it is 25 millimeters from the, you know, measuring up uh, the height of the miniature. And I believe it's 25 millimeters to eye height, which is, seems weird to me, but I think if something makes me think that that's correct, um, or it's 25 millimeters to the top of their head. So if you take an average human, uh, and shrink them down so that they were only 25 millimeters tall. Um, that's how big a mini is. Uh, you know, about an inch, uh, is how big, how big these guys are. Um, back in the day, they were made of lead. Um, you know, until we as a society realized that, you know, fumbling around with a bunch of lead is not a great idea for health reasons. Uh, especially with these being as small as they are, if you have children about that like to put things in their mouths, that's a horrible choice. Uh, so they started, you know, using other metals. Um, nowadays due to the, the magical miracle of, you know, polymer science, um, a lot of them are made out of, you know, various plastics or resins. Um, cause nowadays you can get a lot of detail out of, you know, various plastics, uh, and resins that you, you couldn't necessarily in the day. Um, here you go. Um, you know, the little green army men, the little plastic, little green army men, uh, that, that you get as kids. Um, those are typically slightly taller than your average mini. Um, but basically serve, serve a, a very similar, similar purpose. Um, I guess as far as minis, minis go, um, and where I kind of started getting into the minis and using minis. Um, unsurprisingly, you know, my my introduction to miniatures was, was via Dungeons and Dragons. Um, uh, back in the day, way, way back in the day, uh, first edition Dungeons and Dragons levels of back in the day, it would have been like uh, 89 probably, uh, when I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we didn't use minis, um, we did what, uh, some folks now refer to as, you know, theater of the mind's eye, which sounds pretentious to me, uh, but basically what that means is, is, you know, when you're in the middle of an adventure, um, and combat breaks out, you know, you're about to fight the, the horde of orcs or the dragon or whatever, um, you played those very similarly to the way that you played the rest of the game in that the the dungeon master would describe, okay, you know, you enter the chamber and you see a dragon and he's, you know, on the, standing along the west wall and, and, you know, just kind of describes the scene to you. And then you would describe, you know, well, I'm going to run up, you know, towards his head while Fafar here runs down to, you know... Occupied the tail area, and, you know, you just describe where you were going relative, uh, to the thing. There were, there weren't any, you know, pictures or, or graphs or, you know, any sort of physical, visual representation of what was going on. You just described what you were doing, um, and everybody collectively had a mental picture of what they, you know, interpreted that as, um, and that's how you do your, you know, your combats, okay? Well, you're up by the head section, you know, roll to hit, do damage, whatever. Okay. the it's a dragon's turn. You said you were up by the head. So you're going to eat the breath weapon. Um, there is, is down, you know, by the, the lower portion of the dragon. So it's going to whip him with the tail. You know, you just kind of kept track of all that sort of mentally, um, which in some cases works out fine. Um, but in some scenarios, um, and particularly if it's a, uh, particularly complex battle uh or battleground it's helpful to have you know some some visuals um you know and you can draw some pictures and do some stuff but the the really the easiest way uh, and frankly the way the the game was designed was for you to use you know miniatures um like i said back in the day they were lead or or similar metals um and you you know put them out on a grid um you could use a hex, hexagonal grid or a more traditional, you know, square grid. We, we, I've always been fond of squares for, for role-playing purposes. Um, you know, and then you could actually put a dragon figure on the table situation in the room, you know, situated in the room, um, as he is. And then you could actually move your characters up to the various areas, you know, or if you're fighting multiple foes, you could, you know, pair off and it just makes it real way easier to see what's happening. Um, it also lets you, you know, add a certain... Uh, another certain strategic element to it. Um, to, you know, where you can define the terrain and, and the effects that terrain has on the battlefield. Um, and how you move around, uh, you know. And nowadays, most most role-playing games are sort of made with the assumption that you will be using miniatures in a battle map of some sort, uh, the rules incorporate, you know, you know, you can move six squares, which, you know, each square is five feet. You, you know, you can move 30 feet and around, but a lot of times it's even expressed in, you know, you move six squares, you know, you can attack a person up to two squares away from you, uh, that sort of a thing. Um, but when we first started playing, we didn't have them. Um, it was, we probably playing for like a year or so. Um, until eventually, uh, my buddy Jeff, uh, who's still, still my pal to this day. Um, he's the guy I joined the Navy with, um, and then helped me get to Columbus. That Jeff? Yeah. Um, we met via gaming, shock and surprise. Uh, but no, he, he had gotten a set of miniatures and he enjoyed, um, painting said miniatures, um, and he actually got a set that included all of the, you know, different characters, um, that he and I and the rest of our friends friends played. I was playing, you know, Johnny at the time, so he had a figure that was a little, you know, elven rogue dude, little thief guy, um, painted him up and presented him to us, you know, um, and that was really our, my first, you know, intro to miniatures, um, at the time we didn't have a battle mat, like they do nowadays. You can get all sorts of fancy, uh, you know, battle mats and whatnot, and uh, you can write on with dry erase marker and draw your map right on there and do your thing. Uh, we didn't have that back in the day. We, uh, Ron had an extra uh, wooden chessboard that we used, which kind of limited the scope of some of the battles, I suppose, uh, thinking about it. But, you know, we got the job done. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of miniatures to use for our opponents. Um, cause that's, that, that, that's, that takes a bit, that takes a little bit of upkeep to, to have a figure for each and everything you're ever going to run into. Uh, cause you know, for those of you who've not played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you run into a lot of different things. Um, and a lot of those different things require, you know, come in groups, you know, if you're, you know, going through the forest. Uh, and you've angered the local you know elven population. you're gonna need like eight to twelve elf figures to to run that battle properly. you know and as soon as that's done and you move a little further on down and get into the foothills where you've now pissed off the orcs, you're gonna need you know a dozen or so orc figures um, you know not to mention when you get into the dungeon and start running into the really weird stuff. Um, so it's kind of hard to you know, buy all of those minis and keep all of those minis straight to, you know, actually have all of your, you know, adversaries match up with their, their little physical representations. Um, so a lot of times what you do is what we ended up doing back then. All of our, we, like I said, we had figurines for all of our characters, uh, but all of our enemies were random dice. Um, you know, oh, the the red six-sider is the, the orc chieftain and these three, you know, um, standard dice are the the regular orcs and this uh 12-sider over here that's uh one of his war dogs like that kind of thing um which kind of takes away from the aesthetics <laughs> of looking at a battle scenario and seeing what you're actually fighting but it it helps you get the strategic stuff down you know where everyone is and where you need to go to attack people and so on and so forth gets the job done um, so that's where I first was introduced to miniatures. Um, not terribly long thereafter. Um, cause we, we used to switch from playing the star Wars role playing game. We play that for a while and then we'd play D and D for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, we'd, we'd kind of switch it up. We would play, you know, for a few months with one system and then we'd switch it up and go to something else. Um, and at one point we'd switched back to playing the Star Wars role-playing game. Uh, and at that time, West End Games put out Star Wars miniatures. Um, you know, for, for, you know, all the iconic characters, you know, Princess Leia, Darth Vader, um, you know, Luke Skywalker, all that. But also they made a, a variety of other miniatures that could represent characters in the, the, in the game. You know, oh, this guy's an engineer, this person's, you know, a gambler, this person's, you know, um, a mechanic of some sort, you know, that sort of a deal. Um, and obviously this is of interest to me for, for several reasons. Um, I enjoyed miniatures. I obviously enjoyed star Wars. I enjoyed the role playing game. So these, you know, I'm like, well, I'm clearly, you know, picking these up. Um, they're pretty good quality wise for the, at the time. Um, you know, and, uh, they had the added bonus of, I could get them and have them at home and paint them in my free time without, you know, getting in trouble because I could just play them off as, you know, Oh, these aren't part of a game. These are just little figurines that I'm painting. Um, and no one was, was, was the wiser. Uh, whereas if I had gotten, you know, a set of D and D things, you know, Oh, I'm going to paint up a tribe of orcs. Well, what in that, uh, that would not have been able to, you know, I wouldn't have been able to pull that off as well. Um, so that's probably my first foray into mini painting, um, would have been the Star Wars ones. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did what I could. Uh, (laughs) it was, they were, they were not great. Uh, you know, your first stab at anything is likely not to go too super well. Um, And then I went off to, you know, college and then the Navy. Um, I did get some minis while I was in the Navy and painted a little bit while I was in the Navy. Um, it's a little tricky cause to, to do a lot of miniatures stuff, um, being a person who doesn't have the greatest Keller vision, um, it's hard for me to mix paints consistently. Uh, like if I need to mix up a specific shade, uh, I can do it and if I get all of that particular part painted in one sitting I'm good, but if I ever have to come back and do touch-ups or if it's particularly big and I have to mix up that batch again, the odds of me getting it right are pretty slim. Um so nowadays I have oh crap probably at least a hundred different bottles of paint all in different shades so that I don't have to mix paints if I want a slightly lighter blue than what I'm currently working with. I grab the bottle of slightly lighter blue. I don't need to like take my current blue and add white to it to lighten it up. Um, but when I was in the Navy, you kind of travel a lot. You kind of don't, can't get away with that. So I had like a handful and you know, I had like a box of like 24 paints and had to do, you know, certain things with it. And again, my technique was not super great at the time. Uh, but I still did it. Still had fun. It was, it was good stuff. I, I, I did, uh, probably what I would call more display pieces at that time. Um, I had like a green dragon I painted up, um, and a weird little, you know, evil altar thing that I painted and thought, thought was pretty spiffy. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, Florida when I got seriously into it. Um, again, D and D campaign uh, for the then wife and children um, painted up their their characters, uh, gave them to them, and started getting other minis. And it was a whole. It ended up turning into a whole thing because <laughs> um, I kind of introduced them all to it, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is interesting. I'd like to try it." Um, and long story short um the wife at the time developed a, a wicked eBay habit of buying every dragon miniature available off of eBay um like to just ridiculous levels um and or getting you know other miniatures that they thought were were cool and they you know mainly uh she and uh, the stepdaughter at the time and myself would, would paint minis. Uh, stepson was would every now and then he was less interested. Um, but that led us to find a website called cool mini or not. Um, which still exists. You can check it out. Um, where basically people paint miniatures, uh, take pictures of them and submit them. And then people can go in and rate them on a scale from one to 10, how awesome they think they are. Um, which is a cool place to, you know, have a bunch of pictures of your minis out there if you are interested in competition. Uh, you know, but there are also forums that you can talk about, you know, mini painting techniques, whatever. Um, and, and it was a pretty interesting community. We actually made quite a few friends, and met some of those people in real life before it was all said and done. Um, a really, really cool group. Um, yeah, if you go to coolminiornot.com, um, and go to the gallery and search for, uh, entries by DM of doom. Uh, you can actually see my old, you know, my old minis that I had submitted. Um, I'm okay. Uh, if you go to that site, it's going to give you a false impression that all minis are painted just freaking awesomely. Uh, cause most of the folks that put stuff on there are folks who do this like seriously. Like some folks make a living by painting miniatures. Uh, so, you know mine are pretty good for what they are, for being pieces that I intend to game with. Um, a lot of the folks put stuff up there, they paint them like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end. Like they are display pieces, um, that win prizes, um, that, you know, this one tiny chunk of metal, if you were to try and buy it from that person who's painted it, will cost you, you know, several hundreds of dollars. Um, don't judge me against that. Uh, but if you want to see some of the awesome stuff that can be done with miniatures or just see what miniatures are and look like, coolminiornot.com is a pretty good, uh, re- pretty good resource for you though. Um, like I said, that's pretty much when I started to get seriously into painting miniatures, um, which also got me into the wargaming aspect of it. Um, a very popular manufacturer of miniatures is Games Workshop, um, who produces uh, a couple of games that are world-renowned for you know their miniatures and their play. Uh, Warhammer and Warhammer 40K. I guess now what used to be called Warhammer Fantasy is now Age of Sigmar, but those are just a bunch of gibberish words to people who are not already aware of what those mean. Um, one is a fantasy um, collection of miniatures, you know, orcs and trolls and elves and dwarves. Um, Warhammer 40k, um, is their science fiction offering, uh, with various aliens and that's where the space marines come into play. Um, those are... Like I said, some of the more popular miniatures available out in the world. If you start to talk to most people about miniatures or miniatures wargaming, odds are they're going to be talking about or at least knowledgeable in uh, Games Workshop, Uh, specifically the Warhammer uh, pieces, Uh, which I've painted quite a few of and tried to play. Didn't get into them as much, Um, but that's also where I got interested into uh, War Machines. So, you know, had Hordes, um, Privateer Press, uh, makes both of those games, they're both compatible, I had a whole podcast about them, um, that is my particular, you know, miniatures war game of choice, um, and once I got back to Ohio and, you know, decided to get back into it, that's where most of my miniature painting, uh, has come into play as of late. Uh, and I think I've gotten a little better. Um, mainly I, I paint the miniatures to what I consider tabletop quality. Um, which means that, you know, you put paint on them so that they look, they're not just unpainted metal. Um, and so they look kind of good. Um, but you don't go too super crazy taking too much time, putting too much effort in, going to, you know, insane levels of detail. Um because these are game pieces that are going to be put on a board time and time again, handled constantly, you know, you can, you know, try and protect them as best you can uh, by, you know, giving them clear coats and sealers. Um, you can, you know, buy the, the foam trays to transport them in, but they're going to get banged up. Uh, so you don't want to spend, you know, 400 hours on a single trooper if that's what it's, you know, end game is, 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 you know, it's going to get used and used and potentially abused. Um, so you paint them up fairly decent. So they look good to you and call it good. And that's, you know, tabletop quality, um, which I still think is pretty decent. It, It, it's, you know, I enjoy painting and so I get to spend the time doing that, but it's quick enough to get results to where I can actually, you know, finish a model with some level of speed and get it on the table to play, um, you know, I, I, have done some stuff in the past that was, you know, a notch, notch up, you know, sort of display quality where you take extra time, and, you know, really work the, the details, and make sure, you know, all the lighting and shadows are just so and whatnot, um, but that's not really what I'm into nowadays, um, you know, my time is limited. Um, I'd rather paint models to get them on the table rather than paint them to sit on a shelf and gather dust. Um, But that's just me. Um, And it's funny, because all this talk of miniatures, you know, the last aspect that I got into it, as I said, was with, you know, the miniatures, war games, um, like, you know, War Machine and Hordes. Um, I guess the most recent piece... Uh, of miniatures-related stuff that I've got would be Imperial Assault, um, which is a miniature... which I would describe as a miniatures board game. Um, it's not a war game in the same sense as some of the other stuff where it's all very, you know, free-form and uh, strategic. Um, but it is based around the map board, modular map boards and miniatures. Um, so it kind of crosses to me the the... The realm between board game and war game. Um, and all of those miniatures are plastic. They are super high quality. Like, they are better quality than the metal ones I had back in the day. Um, and they're just fantastic. I am um, kind of dying to try and get some paint on them. Uh, right now, I've got various circumstances preventing me from getting any mini painting. Uh, but once those hurdles are, are crossed, um, I'm going to seriously look into getting some of those guys painted up because they are pretty fantastic uh, little models. Um, you no, know, it's funny that I end my journey on with War Games because that's how miniatures started. Uh, like I said, um, you know, miniatures themselves have been around for... I'm pretty sure decades isn't even long enough because, uh, you know, there were, were war gamers who would, you know, get little, little tin soldiers and play out, you know, the battle of Waterloo or, you know, the various, you know, campaigns of this war or that war. Um, you know, and it wasn't until, um, Gygax and company decided to turn that into a fantasy thing, Um, and create rules for, you know, trolls and giants and dragons and such. Um, which eventually became the game Chainmail, which eventually became Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, which is why we use miniatures in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but the origin is in War Games, and it's funny that I kind of took that path exactly backwards. Uh, which I guess isn't surprising for me. I tend to do everything freaking backwards, but, uh. You know, it works out in the end, so I'm gonna call that good. Um, getting close to work, and I feel that I hope that I've sufficiently uh, sort of answered the question as to you know what are minis that you keep talking about, Todd. Um, you know, the short answer is little plastic or metal figurines that you use when you're gaming. Uh, the longer version is well. Currently running about 26 minutes long. Um, thanks for listening. I hope that did did give you what you you needed to know there. Um, if you've got further questions, you know, by all means, hit me up. Uh, you know, shoot me a note. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, drop me an email, whatever it is, and I will, you know, issue whatever clarifications might be needed. Um, happy to do it. And until next time, uh, thanks for joining in, and I hope you all have a good one. And that's it.